everybody. Dimity here in Denver, and I am so excited. I'm, I'm flying solo today. I don't have my little MK angel to the left of me, um, but I have a better angel, maybe even a real angel, a Tinkerbell angel um, on the line. I have Megan Biller, who is the author of The Magical Miles, or I'm sorry, Magical Miles, The Runner's Guide to Walt Disney World. So it's like Magical Miles colon. The Runner's Guide to Walt Disney World, if you were punctuating it, right, Megan? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for joining us. Where are you Where are you calling from today? I am calling from Michigan. Michigan. All right. And give us a little bit of your background, how you, like, first of all, how you're a runner and then how you're a Disney fan and how you came together to write this book. All right. Well, first of all, my Disney uh, enthusiasm long precedes my running. Um, my family took me when I was really young and I just became an enthusiast and absolutely loved it. And, uh, just over five years ago, um, is when I started running and to be completely honest, I absolutely hated it with a passion up until that point. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and, uh, what happened was I was in the midst of a stressful job. Uh-huh. Somebody said, Hey, you should run. And I said, well, that sounds more stressful. <laughs> and, um, I don't know what clicked. Something clicked during that run, and the rest is history. Um, I had run off and on nothing more than a couple miles up until that point, and so I did you know, what any normal person would do. I didn't sign up for a 5K. I signed up for a 10K because I felt like I needed something to push me over uh, that boundary I had kind of been uh, hitting. And so I signed up for my first 10K, and from that point on, I have been running races ever since. Wow. And so was your first race in Disney or did you do one off the grid, so to speak, off the mouse? I, it was not Disney. So here's kind of where the whole Disney running thing came into play. Uh, my husband and I got married and we, of course, went to Walt Disney World on our honeymoon. And we happened to, our anniversary happens to be during, um, usually around marathon weekend time. And so we got on a bus and I remember seeing all these people around me wearing medals and I had no clue what it had, what it meant. And so we got in a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, we ran a marathon yesterday. I was like, oh, that's nice of you. And I <laughs> didn't put together until I actually looked at their medal that they had done it at Disney. And so, you know, fast forward how many years was when um, I looked at my husband and said, if I'm going to run, you know, then I better do it at Disney. And I, I actually did not run my first half marathon at Disney. I think that was always my plan. Um, but I signed up for the princess, which was in February, but I actually ran my first half marathon in October. Um, so it was my second, but my first marathon was at Disney because I figured if anything was going to get me through 26.2 miles, it was going to be running through the parks. Absolutely. And so that's where, that's where my first one, um, first, one was. first Disney one was the marathon. And have you, have you done them all? I mean, I feel like, and, and again, I, I, I should, I, before we got on the air, I said, I need to apologize for my lack of Disney knowledge. I mean, I went to Disney. This is embarrassing to admit, but my first time I was there I, was when I was 40 years old. <laughs> so it wasn't actually, I was a kid at heart, but I wasn't really a kid. Um, and, uh, and it was the running races that brought us there. And I, um, and I was super excited to go there. It's not like we like, um, 
you know, intentionally said, we're not going to Disney. It was just that like the way that our family travel, you know, played out, we were always going to see the grandparents on spring break and then we're busy during the summers and blah, blah, blah. Like just never really like had the opportunity to go. Um, and so I feel like they add a new kind of series all the time. And I'm like, wait, which one is the dark side? Which one is this? And like, I'm like, okay, what coast is it on? I like know. I should be able to place it. And I, and I, and I'm embarrassed because, um, like whenever I think of a costume, I always just come back to Snow White and Cinderella. And I know that there's like a gazillion more options than that. So, so my question to you, that was a long way of asking, <laughs> but is, um, is, have you done all the races or what, like, tell us kind of your Disney race history. I have not done all the races, um, partly because I do have, I do have to travel obviously yes. to get yes. to them. Um, so it's not quite as easy for me, but I have done a good chunk of them. Um, okay. My favorite is usually Marathon Weekend in January. So I've done that one four years in a row. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. Really so I, I really, really enjoy that one. Um, I've done Princess a few times because that is a fun girls weekend. Yes, it is. I've done that as well. Yes. Yep. Um, I've done Disneyland half in California. I've done that. Um, I've done Wine and Dine a few times before they changed it to a morning race. Which I got to give them, I mean, come on, like the idea of running at like 1030 at night, the starting a race, that was really hard for me to stomach in my kind of middle age oh, it was, that I get into sometimes. Well, and I ran it twice. So the first time my issue was I didn't know what to eat. Uh -huh. I, I spent the entire day worried about what I was eating. And then um, during both races, which is even funnier, is that at like midnight, my body just totally shut down. It was oh. like we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. I still have three miles to run. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, body. Let's go. And then don't they give you like a huge feast after that? Yeah. Then you like partied around Epcot and all I could think about was going to bed. Like oh, it, was, yeah. it was just not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, that's a little. I mean, don't get me wrong. Running at night was so much fun. Um, you know, that aspect of it was fantastic, but there were a lot of really odd parts to it as well. Yes. It's just your circadian rhythms are going to be thrown off as long as you're good with that, which, you know, as I said, as I get older, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> yeah. at all. But we're going to talk about that because they get thrown off early, you know, with the early alarms. And, and, and for our purposes, I mean, we're really the people that are in the train like a mother Disney challenges tend to be the people that are doing the stacked races, the goofy, the dopey, the, the princess, not the, the glass slipper. Um, I mean, have you, mm -hmm. you've done some stacked races? Have you done that? Yes, I have. I have done glass slipper challenge a few times. Um, and I ran the inaugural dopey challenge. So if I can get through that, I'm good with all these other challenges. Yes. Okay. And to be clear, I always get, again, like, you know what, like by the end of this, if you, I just, I'm apologizing one more time and then I'm not going to do it anymore. I am not good with the Disney stuff. So dopey is the 5k, 10k <laughs> half and full. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. And then the goofy is just in that sense. It's in, just, in, yeah. Air quotes, quotes. The um the half marathon plus the marathon. And the glass slipper is a 10K plus a half marathon. So correct. And all almost all of the race weekends have it have the 10K and the half. So yes. that's a very, very normal challenge um, for Disney to have. Okay. So the dopey and the goofy are kind of the ones that stand out as far as the mileage and the physical demands. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay, so now we've got that out of the way. Um, and I've kind of organized our conversation by topics, but we might veer off a little bit, but we're going to kind of stick so we can kind of make sure that we get what um, we get the questions answered that you guys asked, and then also kind of have some logic to it. So we're not going from, you know, what costume to wear to, you know, what the where to get your pickup bag and things like that. So, <laughs> so let's start first with a packing list. I mean, 
obviously you want to bring everything you normally bring to a race, but I was thinking about pairs of shoes. Like if I'm going to be running, a, a, how many pairs of shoes would you bring if you're running two, two to four races? Um, I, br- I recommend at least two pairs of shoes. I recommend training in at least two pairs of shoes. Okay. Um, my biggest reason is a, if it rains one day, your shoes are not going to be dry for the next day. Yes. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is also if one of them starts to rub in an odd place, which, you know, if you've been training in a shoe, you're not expecting to get blisters. But the truth of the matter is sometimes it's warmer in Florida, especially, you know, I'm coming from Michigan. So um, it's a completely different climate. And all of a sudden things start <laughs> acting a little bit differently. So I recommend at least two pairs of shoes. They can be the exact same model if you want them to be. Um, When I ran Dopey, I actually had two different pairs. I had a lighter weight pair for the beginning races, and then I had a more cushioned pair for the marathon. So, you know, it's up to you what works for you, but bring at least two um, and maybe even three if you want a completely different pair that you're walking around the park in. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. And then... I mean, you know, I always wear, um, I mean, I really like to get out of my shoes. Like when I did Ragnar's, I really like to have a pair of really comfortable like flip-flops or Birkenstocks or, you know, something that's supportive and, you know, it's not just your old Navy flip-flops, but something that, you know, definitely um, supports your foot, but isn't necessarily a pair of tennis shoes because sometimes you get just sick of being in in running shoes, right? Yes. And here's going to be my tip. Uh, throw a pair of sandals in your bag check for after the race, because let me tell you, getting those shoes off your feet, especially after the marathon is like the best thing in the world. Yes. Taking those yes. shoes off. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine you're like, ah, get them off, get them off. Okay. All right. So you're going to bring a couple pairs of shoes. And if you are running um, dopey or goofy coming up in about two, little less than two months, or two months about, um, you need to be breaking in that second pair if you haven't started doing that. Yes, yes. Um, the other thing that I found in your book um, was that the gardengrocer.com, which I thought was so brilliant. Is that, tell us about that. That's a, a grocery service in Orlando. Is that right? Yes, um, I've used them many times. So the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of foods that we as runners get used to training with. And sometimes, especially like myself, when you're flying, you can't always bring them with you. Um, You know, it might be easy to throw a bag of bagels in, some of the little things of peanut butter. But if you want Gatorade, if you want bottles of water, if you want um, fruit, you know, those types of things, the truth of the matter is you're going to pay an arm and a leg for them at Disney. So this is a way that if you don't have a vehicle, they will deliver them to your hotel. And you are paying a delivery fee. You know, you're probably paying more than you would if you got them on your own. But the convenience of them bringing them straight to your hotel is hands down worth it. Um, If you've got refrigerated items and let's say they drop them off and you're not going to get to them right away, Bell Services um, will keep it cold for you. So, I mean, it's just it's great. It's a great thing to use especially if you're used to certain types of food um, that you may not be able to find in the hotels or in the parks. Yeah, I really, I, because that is one thing, especially um, I tend to get weary of eating out, you know, like if you're there for, you know, if you're doing the dopey and you're there for four nights in a row, at least, right. Five probably or closer to six, you know, and eating out every night. I mean, I'm not saying you can like whip up a gourmet meal in your room but if you can piece together something where you can just like 
have it be affordable, have it be in your room and just not have to deal with being served and waiting and blah, blah, blah. I think that was a really, I really like that a lot because um, it's important to eat well. And sometimes it's hard to do when you're on the run, right? Or on the road. Yes, it can be. Either that or you have to very strategically go away from the foods that you know are tempting. Well, that's <laughs> well, I was asking MK, you know, this was uh, if she wanted to be on this, the coach uh, who's kind of leading the Disney challenges because they're heart rate based and she's um, the head of the heart rate program that we do. And she was like, basically, I just, the only advice I have is not to eat funnel cakes. Don't eat funnel cakes after you run. Don't <laughs> eat funnel cakes. And I'm like, okay, all right. I believe that. That's a good one. Um, yep. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so just kind of, I think having like a little bit of a nutrition plan would be good. I mean, obviously you're going to indulge and you, you, you definitely deserve it having run a gazillion miles, but at the same time, having some staples in your room of stuff like almonds and like you said, fruit and vegetables and stuff that you know is going to make you feel good and nourish you well, I think is a really good call. So it was gardengrocer.com, which I, I I hadn't heard of that. So that, does that, do they also have that in California or is that just Orlando? Um, It might be a different service. I've also heard that Amazon Prime Now, Amazon Prime, something, they have something okay. similar. Um, okay. so just do a little research beforehand sure. um, to see if they do uh, deliver to the hotels or not. And okay. I also want to note when it comes to packing food wise, one thing I noticed, especially during Dopey, more so than maybe the 10K half challenges, but definitely during Dopey, um, you're, the amount of fuel that you need to bring with you during the races will substantially increase. So, I mean, I'm not one to take in a ton of fuel during the marathon, but I found myself much more hungry than I was expecting. And it's just the compounding of all the miles prior. Sure, so, sure. So if you're, you know, not sure, throw in extra gels, throw in extra whatever you eat, um, because, man, it was just funny. We all kind of hit a point at the same time where we realized how starving we were. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, absolutely. During the race, you realized how starving you were? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of us, it was funny. Um, one of my friends, they said, you know, normally they take in let's say four to five gels during a marathon and they took in like at least seven, if not eight, they said they wow. were just, they were just so much more hungry than they thought they would be. Yeah. Well, maybe that might be a good time too, to also think about taking some real food. I mean, depending upon how fast you're running and what your yeah, storage situation have... is, but like peanut butter and jelly or something like that. Yes. Yeah. We joked, you know? <laughs> we joked one of my friends that she's like got a picnic with her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you need? Do you need some condiments? Do you need this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And for those who have done 10K and half marathons at Disney and you're doing the marathon, they do have two banana stops. So oh. keep that in mind. That's a lot different. You're not used to seeing that um, as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's talk costumes um, a little bit um, because somebody posted on that Facebook page that there have been some costume changes to their regulations. And I just wanted you to talk about if there's any big changes or if they were pretty common sense before and now they're just enforced more or what what the situation is? Yeah, a lot of it is coming down to safety. Uh, so, you know, just keep that in mind. Don't get me wrong. I have seen some spectacular costumes. Um, my initial thought is how on earth are you running in that? Sure. But um, the truth of the matter is if something were to happen, um, they could take out people unintentionally. Sure. So um, more than anything, just think safety and um, obviously, you know, I mean, lightsabers are one thing, but they're not wanting toy guns now. You know, I mean, things like that. So just use common sense. 
Um, the other sure, thing sure. to keep in mind is your face can't be covered. So, no you know, masks. no masks. Um, but otherwise, again, just just think safety. And I cannot stress this enough. If you're going to wear a costume, even if you look like an idiot running around your neighborhood, please, please try it because you will probably chafe in places you're not used to. Uh, you may find that your great costume idea falls apart. Um, so, you know, just again, uh, take a little time to try it out if Definitely. you can. Well, and I kind of feel like the length of the race dictates the elaborateness of the costume, right? So like if you want to go as... You know, you would you would think so. <laughs> well, I, okay, this is my, these are my guidelines. I know. Like, I have been shocked at what some people wear during the marathon. Like yeah. it just shocks me. Like I give it, them. I give them props. Yeah, like the Chewbaccas of the world. Chewbaccas, right? That's Star Wars. That's yeah, that's Disney, right? Okay, okay, that's good. That's a good one. I got that. But I mean, I have to say, like, just to, I mean, I like a simple, you know, tutu slash, you know, maybe a wand, maybe you know, some glitter in your hair, and a cute tank top with something written on it or whatever you want. I mean, that's what yes. I would do for the marathon and the half. To be honest with you, I mean, I I might go a little bit more elaborate um on the other two but what's what's the best costume you've ever done um okay so i'm probably going to be shunned by the run disney community i have only run in costume once oh Um, really (laughs) that's okay yeah i'm the type who a i want to be comfortable yes um but b i'm the one who will wear some sort of like theme tank top so you know i'm i'm bringing in the theme yeah, but um, for the marathon two years ago, two friends and I um, did a very simple one, but it was very, very, uh, it worked very well. We all had white skirts, yellow compression socks, and then we alternated. So one had green, one had red, one had blue tank tops, and we were Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, perfect. And That's so, I mean, perfect. super simple. It was stuff that we wear all the time. Um, but again, we we made our... We had our characters without being over the top because I'm. I told without. them. I said I will be in costume, but we are running a marathon. So, yes, exactly. so let's let's get our priorities here. Yeah, no, exactly. I like that. I have to say, like, if I have to, I'm gonna be at um, uh, Princess this year, and I mean, Mrs. Incredible. I think any mother runner could easily pull off, and you could as well, Megan. Mrs. Incredible, even though you're not. Uh, you know, you're not caring for ankle biters right now, but um, that's an easy one. And uh, what was the other one that I was thinking of that I really liked? Um, oh shoot, it'll come back to me, but yeah, something that's, that's simple. Oh, oh, the emotions, Heather Jurgensen, who was at our um, mother runner yes. retreat, she, um, was testing out her green, which I think was envy from the movie about the emotion, yep. which is called, what was it called? Come on. Uh, inside out. Inside out. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I think those, emo- those are, those would be good ones too. I think you could, that's cause it's basically just a color more or less. Right. Yeah. And you know, people, it amazes me, the creativity um in it and you know sometimes like i said it's just kind of the essence of the character and sometimes it is the full-on character so i mean you know it's just it's a lot of fun and people really have a great time with it great cool all right so we've got and um so i want you guys to discuss your costumes and stuff uh you know more of a conversation on the on the facebook page so we're going to move on from costumes um the expo there was a couple things that i picked up in your book that i think are good reminders the first one is that you have to pick up your own race packet right is that that's still the rule you can't copy your driver's license for somebody else right that's correct that went into effect about two years ago um so keep in mind that if you're going to come in for these challenges you need to make sure that your travel plans allow you to come in at least a day prior because you have to pick it up before the first day of the race. So like the 5K 
of the dopey or the half before the goofy, right? Yes. Yes. You have okay. to pick it up the day prior. Okay. And you're and you you wear the same bib for all the races? That was another one that I think I did I did the glass slipper challenge a couple years ago. I just don't remember yeah, so this is con- so for everyone except Dopey. So I'm putting Dopey to the side for now. Um, okay. It's the same bib. So the 10k half challenges and Goofy the f- half in the fall, you will have the same bib for both races. For Dopey, you get two bibs. The first bib is for the 5k and the 10k. The second bib is for the half in the fall. So take good care of your bibs because you're going to have to wear it again the next day. Um, And it it will look crumpled. Just deal with it. It's what happens. Um, But yes, so same bib except for dopey when you have two. Okay. And then no strollers. That was another – I mean, I don't – I think most of our – to be able to train for one of these, I think you have to have kids that are above stroller age. But that was another one that kind of surprised me is that that's just a – not I should I should caveat that you okay. can bring strollers to ESPN. You can't bring them inside the buildings. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and it's fun. it's just because if I mean and if you've ever been to any large expo, you know how crowded it can yes. be with all those vendors, and so it's crowded enough without strollers. I can't even imagine um, if there were strollers as well. So if you've got kids. Um, the best, I think the best way to handle it is either, <laughs> to be completely honest, leave them with somebody else not at the expo. I think that's a good um, tip. You know, it can be very overwhelming. But if they are coming you coming to the expo with you, then have another adult who can watch them outside while you go through uh, the main part where all yeah. the vendors are. Well, that's expos aren't fun as a rule for kids. You know, all they want is like the free keychains and candy, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, and, and they're at Disney, right? Like, there's plenty for them to be doing that not instead of strolling up and down the aisles and exactly they make your purchases. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be having more fun with someone else at the park. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, that's a good call. Um. Well, so that's two things that I want to talk about now about the expo. What is the best? Okay. There's probably two good times to go. What if I'm crazy about wanting to get Disney merchandise for that race? I'm going, what, like first thing? Oh, you are going earlier than first thing. Oh, geez. I know. It's something I don't want that. (laughs) It is something that I cannot believe Disney hasn't started a pre-order. I'll be completely honest. It just boggles my mind that they haven't done a pre-order. But if you are dead set on a certain piece of official race merchandise – then you better be there early before the expo starts on the very first day. Okay. Is um, that the same thing for shoes too? I know New Balance makes shoes, their... Yeah, they've really uh, slowed down in okay. terms of popularity. They've done okay. a much better job of making sure that there's enough. Okay. Um, so that's not quite as big of an issue. And that one, you can also do what's called a virtual queue. So you can have it set up so it's not like you have to be in a line. When okay. they first came out with the very first ones, you had to be in this gargantuan line and it was awful. Um, they've really, really helped with that. You know, part of the merchandise side of it is that you get people who buy like, you know, 20 of everything. And it's just it's a it's a big thing. People sell it on eBay. There's oh, all sorts of things going okay. on. Um so, you know, if you are interested in a certain piece of merchandise, then definitely get there early. Um, otherwise, if you're not overly concerned, then just go and hope for the best. Because sure. the truth is some things will still be available and some things won't. Sure. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. That's how it is. Yeah. I got to say the year that uh, Sarah and I were um, at the Expos for a couple of years and uh, 
people were, I remember one woman coming up and she bought a pair of shoes in the wrong size just because she wanted to have the Minnie Mouse shoes. And I'm like, those are not even going to fit you. Like they were too, it wasn't even too big. It was too small. And I'm like, oh. you just wanna, are they putting on your, on your mantelpiece on your, above your fireplace? Like, what are you doing with those? Because you're not wearing them on your feet. Maybe she was going to sell them on eBay though. Okay. So I like that idea. And then, but then if, okay, you're somebody like me who, yes, I, of course, if they, I see something Disney that catches my eye, I'll probably buy it, but I'm not going to go crazy over something. I want to go at the time when I have the most personal space and time to really like soak it all in and, and visit the booths. What's the best time to do that? Um, there's two ways to go about it. I would say mid-afternoon towards maybe the end of the expo is probably going to be your best time. Okay. Um, if it's a matter of you've already gone and you just you just went in, quit, grabbed your race packet and left, mm-hmm. and then you decide that you want to go back when okay. it's, when you've got more time, go towards the end of the expo. So maybe on Friday or Saturday, okay, it will be dead in comparison. Okay. Sure. Um. So I mean, that's kind of how I tell people. There's two ways to approach the expo. Either you're gonna go and you're gonna shop till you drop, and you're gonna take full advantage of all the time in the world, or you're just gonna go and grab your race packet and get out of there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, two ways to go about it. Last year during Princess, we went towards the end of the day, and it was night and day between going earlier in the morning. So Okay, that's good to know. Well, and then the other thing, and, and I probably shouldn't give this tip as somebody who is often a vendor at expos, but I like the idea that you, say, set a budget before you go in because sometimes it's so easy to get carried away. I mean, like you're, this is always the example that I use because I, when I went to Martha's Vineyard once when I was a kid, like I bought, I was like a teenager, I bought all these clothes that I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love this because everybody's wearing it on Martha's Vineyard, right? You just think it's like the best thing ever. Yes. Then I bring it home to Minnesota and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing with this like batiked, tie-dyed, whatever like the <laughs> hell I bought, you know? And yeah. not that Disney has a little bit more crossover than, you know, an island um, fashion, but um, but I think sometimes it's easy to get really carried away, you know, and realize that in fact, I have you know, 18 running tanks. So I really need another one, you know? Yes. Um, And another thing to keep in mind is that you're going to have access to the official race guide like two weeks before the race. So you can look at who the vendors are going to be. Um, So you can kind of make your, you know, kind of look at it from there. If you really have your heart set on this one vendor because they are debuting a new, you know, tank top or whatever it might be, then obviously head there. Um, there's going to be some that are going to offer some discounts. So uh-huh. keep that in mind as well. And if the, oh, oops, I forgot all my gels on the counter, you yes. know, they'll have gels and those types of things too. So, you know, don't flip out. If you forget anything, you'll have access to it most likely at the expo. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we've got our race bib, our race bib that we're going to wear for a couple races. We know that. Um, Okay, we're back in our hotel room, and um, I should back up. We're not going to cover lodging here. We hope that you have a room at this point. If you have any questions, um, Megan's book has awesome – you go through almost all the options, don't you? Yeah, all of the Walt Disney World Resort hotels and some of the off-property ones. Yeah, so that's that's great. Um, Okay, so what am I bringing to a race – for before the race. So or maybe let's 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 start um that's not the most logical place to start. A better place to start is transportation. Let's talk about when you need to de- get to the race usually and how much time you usually have <laughs> to wait before the <laughs> the fireworks go off because that is one th- I mean the Disney races their whole 
theme and their whole mantra is make every mile magical, like make every runner feel like they are so valued. And they do. They do an amazing job of it. But in order to do that and to do that before the parks open, oh my gosh. it is so yes. dang early. Yes. And if you're right? running a challenge, it will be Groundhog's Day again and again and again. Yes. Okay. Um, so one thing to keep in mind, transportation yes. only runs yes. for one hour before the race. So um, it'll depend on the race as to when it is. So you're going to want to make sure that you're looking that up in the official event guide. Um, usually I want to say it's 4.30-ish, 3 to 4, somewhere around there. Um, I recommend, I know you're going to hate it, but I recommend getting there on the early <laughs> end of it. Um, not that you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to hear it th- I'm here at 359. Yeah, exactly. Not that you're going to be left behind, but that, you know, you don't want to be the person worried that you're not going to get to the start. So get there early. If you see a line, don't worry about it. They're going to have enough buses, um, but everybody's trying to get to the exact same spot. So um, get there on the early side of it. And it's uh, it's an early wake up call. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, no, we're gonna talk about alarms in a second. But okay, so so in what time do the races usually go off? Five thirty mean- is normally. Um, that is the ten k half and full is usually around five thirty. Um, okay. So that does mean that you are going to be there an hour hour and a half before you the race even starts, and that's when the first okay. corral starts. Um, so that when you're talking about what to bring, bring food because the first thing you're going to want to do is you get up and you're getting ready. You think that's when you want to eat. Well, you can, I mean, you can have something then, but the truth of the matter is you're going to want to bring something with you because you've got a long time before you even start. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Bring your bagel and peanut butter or whatever you want, you know, your RX bar, whatever you're eating. Um, that's a good, that's a good call. And then what about, I mean, obviously you're going to pay attention to the weather and if it's muggy, you may not need something, but you like, someone was asking, do I bring a, like a, um, a garbage bag to sit down on? Do I bring an extra sweatshirt to, you know, throw off once the race starts? Like, I mean, I, is there anything special that you've seen people bring that, Bathrobes, seen, uh, bathrobes are tend to be oh, tend to be popular, fun. right? Yeah, it's fun to see what people are wearing before the race. I have seen everything from ER scrubs to ro- bathrobes to trash bags to I mean, I've seen everything. Um, sure. So kind of pay attention to what it's what the weather is kind of showing. You know, maybe a week or two prior. Um, if you think you're going to need something to keep you warm then, you know, the bathrobe, go to Goodwill, grab some sweatshirts and sweatpants, you know, those types of things are going to keep you warm. Okay. It's a matter of keeping you dry, you know, pick up those dollar ponchos at the dollar store. Trash bag works great as well. Um, If you've got the old Mylar blankets from another race, those will work also. But key point, you cannot cross the start line with those on. It'll throw your chip timer off. So don't oh. have them wrapped around you. you yes. We, okay. Someone learned that the hard way, and it's been a warning ever since. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, those are the types of things that you're going to want to bring with you. If you've got clothing of any kind, toss it off to the side before you start or anywhere along the race. I mean, let's sure. be honest. If you feel you need it for a little while, which – I did one year. It was cold, and I kept my blanket around me almost the entire race. Um, 
any t- any point that you toss it off to the side, the volunteers will pick it up and they'll wash them and give them to a local charity. So, you know, from that standpoint, if you are paying a couple extra dollars more for your sweatshirt, it's going to a good cause. Sure, um, sure. So, you know, don't be afraid. Or I've had like old race shirts that I don't want anymore. I've, you know, thrown those away too. So, yeah. Um, is there other places to sit? I mean, I'm just thinking it's a lot of time on your feet. If you're waiting for an hour before, I mean, is it, are it you is. just what? pulling up some pavement and just plopping down or yep. are they kind of milling about? Nope. You can go, it's up to you if um, you want to go right into your corral or not. But a lot of people will just sit, they'll just, you know, throw a garbage bag or a blanket or something on the ground and they'll sit on the pavement. There is some grass around, but, you know, be careful. Sometimes it's a little wet. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can okay. sit down. It's not like you can't. So if you want okay. something to sit on, definitely bring it. Bring it. Okay. All right. Well, and so let's talk for a minute about this corral situation. That's another one that gets people all buzzing up, right, is the proof of time thing. So can you talk about that and how it works and what the procedures are? Yes. Um, So first and foremost, I want to say that I've been on both ends of the situation. So I just want to put that out there. I get the frustrations and I get the reason why they do it. Um, essentially what it is, is that this is their way of seeding runners. Okay. And the thing that I always state is it's for safety. You have to remember that the reason they're doing this is for nothing more than safety. So that if you're a slower person, you're not getting plowed over by the elites. Or if you're a faster person, you're not getting stuck behind and having to weave. So that's essentially what it is. Um, the problem, well, there's lots of potential problems, but I won't get into those yet. What you want to do is you want to run at least a 10 K if not longer, um, race and your fastest one. So if your 10 K pace is better than your half marathon pace, which usually is the case, um, unless you just haven't run a lot of 10 Ks, that's the one you're going to want to use. Okay. And you don't. You submit it via the website? Yes. And you don't, um, before you you could do it when you registered. Now I think it's, it happens after the fact, but there's, there is a window and you have to make sure that you input it before the deadline. Otherwise you're out of luck. Okay. So, um, you just go to run Disney's website and you look up proof of time and there's a link and you go right in and you, um, input basically the information about the race. Here's the race. Here's where it was. Here was my time. And here's a link to the results. Okay. So that's what's showcasing that it's certified. If you don't have a link to the results, that's when Disney's saying, oh, it wasn't certified. You know, we can't verify it is essentially what they're saying. Okay. Um, And, And so is there, I mean, so if I'm running the half marathon, I don't have to have a half marathon proof of time. I have to have a 10K. Does a 10 miler work? Do you know? Um, yes, there's like, I think it's 10 K 10 miler half marathon, I think are the ones that you can use or a marathon for the, um, marathon events. Okay. So it can't be like, for example, in Michigan, we have a awesome, very large 25 K. I don't remember if that one, um, qualifies or not. If you go on the proof of time, it'll let you know what what ones are, but it's not going to be, you know, your, your crazy, like 13 K. Sure. Sure. Um, And is it it within a certain, like, is it within the previous year or is it, I think they say whatever proof of time you want to give. Um, yeah, I think it's within two years. 
whether they actually check that, I don't know. Sure. Um, I've just been one that like a lot of work. I mean, I would say you're not going in and check me every link. I can. My tell guess you is they're right not, but I just sit there yeah. and go, "What if I post one from five years ago?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not um, her. Yeah. Well, so and so the griping comes in when people maybe have a like maybe they say they can run like a 52 minute 10k, but they didn't get it in on time, and so then they're put in the. Are they just put in the last corral or something? That's, yep. If you don't input a proof of time, they put you in the last corral. Okay. Um, the other thing that pops up, and I would hope nobody does this, um, is there's some people who have somebody else run with their bib to get a good oh, time. Okay. Um, so Gaming that's, the system. Gaming the system. Yeah. I know. And so that's something that happens. And I'm going to be completely honest because it's happened to two of my friends. I've had situations where they – turn in a proof of time and they still get put in the wrong corral. So what I recommend is when you're inputting your proof of time and you click submit or whatever, print, do a screen print and print that off because that is your proof if you get put in the wrong corral. Um, Okay. What what ended up happening is we weren't doing that because we just assumed, oh, I click submit. Everything's okay. And so now I tell people, I'm like, just print it. Just bring it with you. If you get put in the wrong corral, now you've got your little paper saying, no, 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 I did this three months ago. And yeah, um, usually is. then they'll change it. If it's something that they can see was their error, um, they can't okay. They can't change it. Okay. That's that's good to know. Because it, it's pretty strange. If you get put in the wrong corral. Get, yeah. Is it, once you get there, there's no changing things yes. pretty much. Yes. Unless, unless they made a mistake on their part. Unless they made a mistake it. on their part, you can't get it changed. And, um, you know, I'm just going to say from experience, one of my friends got put in the wrong corral for Dopey. I cursed that entire race that we were in the wrong place. We were stuck behind all these people. I mean, I was just I was not a happy person. You were bitter. I was very, very bitter. And it was a matter of safety. I'm going to be completely honest with that. But now that I've I've done another race where I've been further back and that one I just embraced and that yeah. made such a difference. And so if you get put in the wrong corral, just embrace the race. You know, run from character to character. Take all the photos you want to take. You know, just just spend that time truly enjoying the race um, instead. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a good – I mean, no matter whether you're putting the right one or not. But, I mean, that to me, that's the point of a Disney race. Like, yes. you're not there to PR. You're not there to – I mean, because most of us, especially these winter races that we're talking about in Florida – we're coming from Colorado, Minnesota, Michigan, wherever, where it is like a jolt to your system just to be. I mean, I remember that year that I did, we did Princess. It was like, literally, you could like eat the air. It was so thick. It was just so thick. And I was just like, what, you know, I'm sweating. I'm fully sweating at the starting line. And I, and yep. I, this is, un, you know, so it's, it's a tough race anyway, for just that physiological reason. So, you know, just adjust your perspective. Like, Absolutely. Here I am, you know, happy Absolutely. Yeah, totally. All right. All right. Well, so, um, all right. So I'm still at the race because I'm bringing my drop bag. I'm dropping it off. What am I putting in it, especially after those longer races? That's important. Is there yes. anything special Disney-wise or for these stacked races? Um, my big thing, especially, so first and foremost, if there is something that you almost always eat or drink after the race that is not water or Powerade or a banana, put it in your drop bag. Um, okay. Because they give you these snack boxes and you honestly never know what's going to be inside them. Yeah. So from that standpoint, if you're used to a protein shake, you're used to a certain food, you're used to a certain drink. Just throw it in your bag um, because then you've got it. 
Um, like I mentioned, sandals, throw on a pair of sandals. If it's iffy weather of any kind, whether that mean rain, whether that mean heat and humidity, you might want to throw a change of clothes in mm-hmm. um, just because you might just want to get out of what you were in. Yeah. I have to find <laughs> it. Getting out of the sp- sweaty sports bra is really just exactly perspective life on life. You know, I, my bottoms can be wet and sweaty, but if I can have a dry top, there's something yep. really nice about that. Yeah. Um, sure. Other things, you know, if there's little things that you think of after, like I always bring a wipe to get the salt off my face, especially if it's been hot. Yes. That's um, chapstick, tissues, you know, all those little things that you might think of, throw them in there. If you think there's a possibility you might need them after the race, don't leave anything um, like money or your ID or anything like that in there. Yeah. Even though volunteers are watching your bags, just err on the side of caution and don't put anything in there that, um, you know, is valuable in any way. Um, if you're planning on going to the parks right after the race, which, you know, you may be a little stinky, so bring those appropriate things, but throw in a, like a small purse or backpack because then those bag check bags are not easy to carry around and you're not going to want all your grubby stuff and only using that. So, you know, if you yeah, want to no, walk around the park afterwards, good point. Yeah. One of those bag. Like a string backpack or something. Yeah. That's, that's a good yep. point. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Well, we already at the race, but now we got to back up again. Maybe not the most logical flow of this podcast, but alarms. I mean, that's, you said groundhog day. I mean, that is the one thing, Amanda, um, put this up. Uh, you know, she's coming from the West Coast. So the strategies for getting up, especially for people who are on mountain time or heaven forbid, Pacific time. <laughs> um, personally, set a whole bunch of alarms if you're worried yeah. at all. Although if you're anything yeah. like me, you'll wake up 47 times before your alarm goes off. So um, yes. that's yeah. me. One thing to keep in mind, and we didn't realize this until we were um, at Disney last year, they took all the alarm clocks out of the rooms because everybody has their phone, which I'm like, you would still think you'd want an alarm clock. So don't rely on the alarm clock um, because it's not there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. That's Uh, good to know. Yeah. So set, you know, maybe your phone alarm, have the hotel call you, you know, multiple ways to get up. Um, my iPhone has never failed me, but that doesn't mean that I still don't set mine and my husband's and, you know, sure, multiple. Sure. Totally. Totally. Well, and is there, do you, have you ever heard of anybody practicing it? I mean, I was thinking about it when we were putting the, together these plans, I was like, well, maybe, you know, three weeks out, we have them get up and start running, you know, at the equivalent of 5.30 Eastern time. But that feels a little harsh. Do you know if anyone's done that? Or have you ever heard of anecdotal evidence? <laughs> you know, I've heard of people saying, yeah, I've heard of people saying that they have. Um, I personally didn't. I was just counting on adrenaline <laughs> that yes. morning. Yes. Um, I should say those mornings. Yes. But if you are at all concerned with how your body is going to handle it, then do that. Um you know, I'll be honest, Disney races are the only ones that I've done that start that early. Yes. You know, most of them are still a seven, eight, nine o'clock start time. So um, if you're worried, by all means, practice it because it is a jolt on your system. It's tough. I, I will say it is tough. Um, yeah. Especially if you are changing more than one, one time. I mean, often I start running at 530, but there's not, but it's not racing at 530, you know, and yes. it's actually racing at 330 or 230. I mean, yeah. Jeez, that's rough. And and the second or third or fourth day when you're questioning why you did it, that's normal. 
Yes. Well, and I've, I imagine, well, we're going to talk a little bit at the end about um, energy and where you kind of pick to go to the parks and that kind of thing. But I mean, I would imagine an afternoon nap is an early afternoon yes. nap is key and then an early bedtime, which again, is hard Absolutely. in California, but trying to be really smart about just winding it down early, right? Absolutely. And if you are coming from the West Coast and you have the ability to come in a few days early to help get yourself acclimated... Um, it's not a bad idea, but I know that that's not always an option. Um, so maybe even while you're on the West coast, trying to start to get your clock, you know, move it ahead or back, I guess, you know, just to try to get used to it. Maybe. Yeah. Just like an hour or so. Yeah. No, I think that's maybe give yourself a little bit of a head start. That's a good idea. Um, okay. So, uh, Heather was asking about the race. How long do the race organizers wait after releasing a corral before releasing the next one? And does the number of corrals vary between the race distances? For example, are there fewer corrals for the 5K than there are for the half or the full? Yes. Um, So I'm going to start with the 5 and 10K because they are very, very similar. There's usually five to six corrals for the 5K and the 10K. Um, Keep in mind that the 5K and 10K are much, much less runners um, than the larger distance, the longer distances. So you're talking like 8,000, 7, 8,000 runners maybe. Okay. Um, so again, five or six corrals. True, honest disclosure here, I don't know how they figure out the corrals for the 5 and 10K. I think it's just a free-for-all. They just randomly choose. So, okay. I mean, just prepare for that in advance. It's around, I want to say, eight minutes between corrals, six to eight minutes maybe. Okay. So there's a good chunk of time in between the corrals. So if you are, let's say, corral E, you're going to be waiting a while before you go. Um, Yeah, that's like almost, I mean, if it's six minutes, that's 30. It's something between 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And for anybody who's, I'm going to start this off right now. If you're worried about time limit, the 16 minute mile pace for the 10K and up does not start until the last person crosses the start line. So it's not your pace. So if you're starting in corral B, you've got all that buffer time from when you started until the last person crossed. So um, again, that time limit doesn't start until the last person crosses the start line. For the So that kind of sucks for the people in the last corral, huh? Yes, it does. Yep. They okay. don't get any of that but buffer guess- time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, and this is a good place. Uh, let me interject for a second. Cause Kathy, who is on this Facebook page and um, clearly has some good Disney knowledge. She talks about the D- the Disney balloon ladies, which is basically yes. the, the sweet, the sweeping van, right? Like that's what they, it is in most yes. the police escort, but you get balloon ladies at Disney, right? Yes. And she said yep. she was swept in the marathon, the full marathon a couple oh. of years ago. The ladies caught right up to me before the half mark. And although I stayed with them for a couple miles, I just couldn't do it for the full distance. Short story, they're nice ladies. And at least one of them is a true bammer, which is a badass mother runner. She was looking forward to seeing her kids and husband right around the halfway mark. Um, so anyway, so they're not they're not out yeah. to – they don't want to rain on your parade, right? They just want to bop their balloon along and make sure no, that the no, park can open only- when it's supposed to. Yeah, it's not only them. Um, they, I think it's usually around three ladies, and they do. They have balloons that are attached to them. Um, they are encouraging. There's usually some bike bikers. They're okay. encouraging. They're doing all they can to not let anybody be swept. But sure. there just comes a point where they have to start to do it just to get the roads um, back up and running. 
So if you okay. see them again, they are trying. They are encouraging. So don't like you know run away in horror. Um, <laughs> you can't. They are right? just, you they'll have warn those you. At that they'll point, give you a warning. Team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they won't be like, hey, you just, I'm sorry I passed you, you're done. You know, they'll yeah. give you a warning and say, hey, you know, if you can't get to that point within the next couple minutes, you know, that's that's going to be that's it. when it's going to happen. Um, okay. So back to the corrals for the half in the fall. Um, keep in mind that these races are much, 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 much larger. So for Marathon Weekend and the Princess, you're talking 25,000 runners for each race. Holy. So yeah. there are like... 20 corrals, 18 corrals, something ridiculous. It goes to like letter P, I think. Wow. Um, and so those ones, they're going off quicker. So I want to say it's like two to three minutes in between. But then as it gets farther back, the corrals get larger. So then the time frame will start to increase as well. That nice. So if you put that all together and you, let's say you are in the last corral, it is very likely you are not going to start until 50 minutes or more after the race has started. Wow. So keep that in mind, too, as you're planning um, food and, yes. you know, resting and all of that. It could be a very long time before you get to actually start the race. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really um, – I mean, if I was thinking about that, I think it's it's so – important to be really conscious of your energy, <laughs> you know, as somebody who, who, you know, tends to kind of wilt across the course of a day. I mean, because you're up early and you're excited, right? Even, you know, regardless, even if it's, yep. you know, the marathon, it's the fourth day, it's exciting. The, the half marathon is exciting, but you need that energy. So I think it's really, if it were me, I would really kind of try to find a corner. I would almost go to my corral and just sit there, right, for yeah. a long time and just maybe even bring a book or lie down. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember exactly what the setup is like, but I think energy conservation has got to be so important, especially on these long days. And you just need to be – because really, yeah, if you're getting up at 2.30 and you're not starting to race until 6, that's four hours, you know? I mean, that's kind of – it's, it's it similar is. to like the New York City Marathon and Boston and those kind of places, but – you haven't done a half marathon. You haven't done this three days in a row prior to that, right? Right. And another thing to keep in mind is that don't think, oh, my, I'm not going to start till 630, so I'm going to get there late. Again, the transportation's only running for an yeah. hour. They're already starting to close the roads probably 45 minutes before the race starts. So you're going to have to still get there early. There's no way around it. There's lots there, of entertainment. Are there, are there you know, alternates? For some of that I mean, as I like Uber, could I, if I took an Uber, could I get there a little bit later than, you know, 4.30? You might, but again, they're going to start closing roads. So and that's going to be an issue. Yeah, okay. that's going to be your issue. Okay. Um, and you can drive, you know, you can drive yourself to the start as well. Um, one thing to keep in mind, I know we're talking more about the races in January and February, but the other races at Walt Disney World start and end in different locations. So if you're driving, you're going to have to like drive to the finish and then get shuttled to the start. So, I mean, you know, there's at least for the, um, January and February races, you start and end in the same place. So oh, that okay. makes it a lot easier. That's nice. Um, yeah. but again, yeah, definitely keep in mind how much time is going to pass between when it starts and when you actually go, I think I started in the middle in January and it was still probably a good 15, 20 minutes before I even 
started. To go. Yeah. That's the thing. And I, I was reading one blog um, before coming out with you and one guy, I think he was a, um, a local and he drives his car and then he sleeps in his car. So if you rent a car, maybe that's something to yes. think about, you know, that's a, that's yep, a, we've done that before too. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. Um, uh, okay. So your some rides are open. Heather's wondering if some rides are open during the, um, Walt Disney world marathon. Is that true? And which ones are historically open? All right. So during the marathon, what ends up happening is the race starts at 530. And obviously, there's a lot of time that passes. Um, So what essentially happens is that a lot of runners, I want to say, I'm mid pack runner, and I usually get to Animal Kingdom, which is around halfway. um, Just before the park opens. So if you're not in the middle corrals, you're probably, if you're in the later corrals, I'll say, um, behind the middle point, you're going to get to Animal Kingdom and the park will be open. So what happens is that the um, race course goes by Expedition Everest and a lot of runners take a little detour and they ride Expedition Everest. And what ends up happening is that they're getting in line, but a lot of the people will just let them go to the front. Okay. And so... If you think about that, if you're at the halfway point and the park's open, that also means that when you get to Hollywood Studios and when you get to Epcot, those rides are going to be open as well. Um, The truth of the matter is you have to be very aware of what your time frame is, you know, if the balloon ladies are nearby. So, you know, there's a lot of things to keep in mind, um, which is why when people say, you know, a lot of times they only think that it's Expedition Everest that you can ride. It's usually because the truth of the matter is it's probably the only one you'll have time for. Okay. Because otherwise people, the lines are going to be longer. and Yep. They're, they're going to be, be longer and you're going to be, you know, pushing on the end of, you know, the time frame for the marathon. Um, so, you know, there's ways around it. I kid you not. Last year, someone booked fast passes for Hollywood Studios. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a, that's get, a yeah. resourceful person, right? Yep, you could get creative if you wanted. Um, but again, you, you're getting into Hollywood Studios around mile 22, 23. So at that point, the thought of stopping and sitting on a ride, you may never say, get up. <laughs> at mile 23, there's like just like momentum. You got to keep momentum. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, so let's talk about some things that, that hold you up during the race, which are most namely the photos. Um, Heather is asking, how long are the lines for character stops and do they move quickly? So can you give us some tips, first of all, on how, how to best handle getting pictures with your, your favorite characters? Yep. Um, first and foremost, my, what I do, um, and what I recommend people do is before the race, name in your head, like four or five characters that are, if they would be your must stop, like I would stop everything to see these characters and what I usually tell people is don't choose ones that are in the parks because you can always go get a photo with them think of the ones that are unique that you don't often see and kind of make a mental list in your head of those ones so those ones are your absolute I will stop anything for these characters and uh, let me interrupt you for one second there are no they don't release a list saying Again, Snow White's going to be at mile six no, and Cinderella's going to be at mile no, 12. So they you just don't. get what you, you, you get what you get. Yep, you, you get what it. you get. Um, yeah. And, you know, they've followed, they've somewhat followed a pattern in the past, but um, nothing that I would say, oh, definitely look. For, I mean, like Mary Poppins 
usually is by the Grand Floridian. Now that could completely change this year. Okay. Um, you know, so there's things like that. Ones in the park tend to tend to be similar. So like the Queen of Hearts tends to be by the teacups in Magic okay. Kingdom. You know, so if you kind of think of them like that, um, you know, the ones in the parks you may be used to seeing because they're usually in the park. So I tell people, think of those, you know, I absolutely must stop and be think of the ones that are very unique. Any other characters beyond those ones, um, kind of do a quick look. Okay, so I'm running up and I see um, it's very common that Jack Skellington and Sally are off to the side in one area. So I'll look and I'll be like, eh, they're not really the characters I care about, but oh, the line's only about 12 people long, so I'm going to get in line. Or, yeah. or I'm running and I see that the line is like 30 to 50 people long. No, forget it. I'll keep running. So, you know, I tell people, think of those ones that are the absolute must stop. I don't care how long the line is. And then the other ones just kind of as you're running, have that be the just determining factor the as to whether you're going to yeah. stop. Yeah, I like that. Um, I got to say to you that I did it. I mean, because I, again, like I, I wasn't really knowing what I was going into. And so like the toy soldiers, there was nobody with them. Like there was a baby goat. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and there are like some that, that like, don't have photographers. Like the, the yes. soldier, he's always just yelling at you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can still, you know, someone will stop. Another runner will take the photo for you. Um, but I am going to be completely honest. If you are a faster runner and you're in the faster corrals, the lines are much shorter than if you're towards the back. Um, but that being said, it can be very variant from race to race. Um, I was, it was a hot race for the marathon last year. Mm -hmm. And when we got to Hollywood studios and Epcot, essentially every character had nobody. Wow. Because everybody, I think, was just at the point of, I want to be done. They're done. Yeah. yeah. And so, Eventually you know, done. it can vary. You know, the genie sure. was like cheering us on, trying to get people to come and take a photo with him. Nice. You're like, yes. So, I, you know, it's, it's very dependent. Yeah. Well, so, and tell me, like, if I'm running the half and the full and there is Mrs. The Incredible Family at mile three during the half marathon, does that mean that they'll be at the mile three again during the marathon or do they switch the it up? The first, I want to say six miles are very deja vu, um, okay. tended to follow. I wouldn't necessarily count on it, um, but they did tend to follow that. Okay. So yeah, that is the same thing with the 10K too, would you say? No, I mean, the 10K is different. Different. No, different. So, okay. And the 10K, the 10K tends to bring out some unique characters. Okay. Um, and again, that can vary, but I, for Princess One Year, Space Goofy. Like, I flipped out when I saw Space Goofy. Whoa, you're kidding. Um, but I had never seen him before. So, I mean, yeah. you never know. You yeah. never know. That's great. No, that's fun. And I mean, it is part of the thing, but you do have to be, I think, again, like, um, you know, being smart about your energy levels and what, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what, what was frustrating to me sometimes is us stopping for pictures and that, that, that year that it was like, like I said, it was so humid. You could just like chomp on the moisture. Like they, the pictures turned out pretty crappy. I'll yes. be honest with you, you know, cause it's dark and it's super foggy. And so, I mean, it was fun to do it. And, you know, if you're a really good, you know, Photoshopper and stuff, you can probably clean them up a lot, but, um, but just, you know, just, just be wise, right. Cause you can, I mean, yep. that's a really good point, Megan, is that you can probably track these characters down in the park somewhere. I mean, maybe not all of them, but you know, if it's going to, if you're in a good rhythm, this is my opinion, of course. Um, but if you're in a good rhythm and you're feeling good and, you know, nothing hurts and, 
you know, you're kind of meh about the character passing, keep going, you know? I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the truth of the matter is the line will move fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and sometimes it's a matter of, hey, I'm going to stand in line. And after 30 seconds, I'll make the determination as to whether or not the line's moving yeah, fast enough go. for me. Yeah. You and know? how often will you, do they have something every mile, would you say? No. Or, or, no. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, 10K, I think I've seen maybe, that one might be, that one's usually got maybe five to six. I ran the marathon one year and we didn't start taking photos until mile five. Okay. And we got through 18 characters. So, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea. Sure. And sometimes they'll be like a whole bunch jumbled together, like within like a half mile. And then there'll be like nothing for a while. So you just have to be in the marathons different. They can really spread them out, you know, for the marathon. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got, you got to keep you entertained. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So Lori wants to know, will my photos from my, from during the race be on my account? I'll use while I'm in the park for the rest of the trip. Um, it's the memory maker. Yes. Um, yeah. So talk about that. A little um, bit, just this year, they finally combined photo pass with run Disney races. So any photos that are taken by the photographers during the race will be part of that memory maker package. Um, the way you get them is a little bit different. There's a code that's in that, uh, event guide for each race. Okay. So all you have to do is enter that code in. And your photos will pop up. And I would give it a couple days because they have to go through all the photos and put all the bib numbers, you know. So because part of the code is your bib number. Okay. Um, But from what I've seen, these photos are much better than the ones that have been in the past. So good. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's $150 for the memory maker and that will include all of your photos in the parks and all your photos from the races. Oh, Yep, oh, okay. So that's how it works. So you can, so then once you buy this, you, once you purchase the memory maker, you can download anything yes. that belong to you. Oh, that, that, especially if you're doing the dopey or the goofy, like that might be worth it just because absolutely. you're going to get, you have so many opportunities for pictures. Yep. Absolutely. So it's, it is okay. a fantastic thing that they did. Good. All right. All right. That's a good, I, I did not know that. That's exciting. Okay. So we got our pictures. Any, any good posing tips? Or anything that you've kind of gleaned? I mean, usually I like to just make be silly and kind of do something that the character would do or make a fool out yeah, of myself somehow. I think that's my advice is get get involved with what the character is doing. You know, if yeah. it's villains, then really ham it up. If it's goofy, then be goofy, you know. Yeah. Um, if the characters will notice if your costume is very obvious – um, you know, like we got a photo with Donald and he right away noticed we were Huey, Dewey and Louie. Oh, perfect. he got excited over it. So, you know, <laughs> things like that you can absolutely do. The other thing, don't discount all the other photos that you can take during the race. The photo in front of the castle, the photo with Spaceship Earth in the background, the photo when you're over the bridge and you see the sea of runners behind you. You know, I mean, those are great photos, too. So, um, if you are able to run with your phone or a camera, by all means, take advantage of some of the great photos. One of my favorite is I happened to catch the sun was rising and oh, um, behind Expedition Everest and the runners are running by. It's one of my favorite photos. And it was just the spur of the moment. I happened to pull my phone out and take a photo. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that that's a really good tip. I mean, especially in a random stuff that you see or random characters or yeah, I think meaning like other other runners and stuff like that. I think it's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, so let's, um, let's wrap this up by probably the most important thing. Actually, we hope people people are still listening. Because you're probably out there for a crazy long run. (laughs) Um, Energy strategy. Um, (laughs) So let's talk first about races and this is something that we'll talk about for sure at length with you guys before you head out um you know pacing your races and how you want to do it but is there any kind of overall strategy Megan that you've used or you've heard that seems to be helpful yes um no matter what challenge you're doing um decide first so okay I'm gonna put dopey off to the side because that one's its own thing and I'll talk about that in a second if you're doing the 10k and the half determine which one you want to be your, for lack of a better term, goal. So if there's one that you want to run faster than the other, if there's one that you want to be sprinting from character to character for a photo, have that one be the one that you really expend your energy and then have the other one be that you lollygag and you, you know, take your walk breaks and you spend your sweet time doing. Um, I've done it before. I've done where the 10K was my lollygag race and that my half marathon was my pedal to the metal. And I've done it flip-flopped. Um, actually, in during Princess this last year, I got a PR during the 10K, and then I had so much fun during the half marathon. Oh, perfect. That's um, nice. The pressure's so, off, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, d- for those ones, determine which one you want to be your your goal, um, whatever your goal may be. It can be, like I said, t- nothing to do with time, um, but the one that you're going to be expending the most energy for. Sure, when it comes sure. to goofy and dopey, because you've got that marathon at the end, you have to really take it easy, the other ones. Um, it is very, very easy to get caught up in the excitement of the race and to just take off. And if you've been training that way, that's fine. Um, but in the back of my head, and honestly, the uh, people that I ran with, one of them, he always, like every mile, I think he kept saying, we have a marathon to run. We still have a marathon <laughs> to run. And so, you know, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get caught up. And so, um, you know, we took our time during the 5K, the 10K and the half. And, sure. you know, you can go back and forth on the, is it better to spend more time on your feet or to go faster? You know, you go back and forth on it. And we decided just to, you know, pull back our pace and um, we had fantastic weather for the marathon. And that marathon, I mean, it was not close to my fastest time, but it is probably the marathon that I felt the best during. Yeah. I had negative splits. That's the first oh, time I ever you. had negative splits. So, you know, if you train well and you pace yourself well, that marathon will be a breeze. Um, okay. And I shouldn't, well, I should caveat by saying the marathon's a beast, so you never really know what's well, going to happen. I was going to say, please, this may, maybe a little bit ambitious, but yeah, no, I mean, even if you're smart about your pacing, especially yeah, Yeah, races, if you're smart yeah. about your pacing, it won't hurt, it won't feel as, you know, like, oh my gosh, I still have 20 miles to run, you know? Sure. Um, we, like I said, I had trained very, very well, and we had paced ourselves very, very well, and, um, you know, I felt, I felt good during it. And so, and we paced ourselves well during the marathon as well. We didn't, you know, take off like crazy, but we also knew yeah. when we could pick up our pace towards the end. That's great. Um, and biggest, biggest, biggest piece of advice, whether it's the goofy or the dopey fight, every urge inside you to spend a lot of time in the parks after the half marathon. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that was my next question. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, how do you not, I mean, 
uh, I, I don't know who asked this one, but this is, I think that over, how do you not walk a lot the whole weekend? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. That's um, like you're there with your family, right? Like, I mean, I guess you could send them off, but then you're missing out on their time, time with them. I mean, that, what kind of strategies, I mean, per- personally, I think going to the park, maybe right after the race, like, and yes. getting out your yayas for like an hour or two, and then going back to your hotel room would be, um, like helpful. Right. And then you're kind of done. You can go lays by the pool. You can take your nap. You can eat well, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I mean, that's exactly that what, what I you did. Yep. That's exactly what I recommend. We went to the parks after the 5k and the 10k came back probably mid afternoon. Um, and we strategically planned our fast passes so that we weren't doing, um, you know, we weren't spending time standing in line. Okay, we that's were, a good that's a good call. Yeah. Yep. And that's the nice thing about FastPass Plus now is you can plan when you're gonna use them. So oh, um, okay. you know, plan them accordingly to when you think you're gonna be in the park. Okay. And then like I said, we'd come back mid afternoon. Um, but we did not go to a park after the half marathon. We just lounged around the hotel. Um, and actually even stayed in our hotel for dinner because the restaurant had pasta. So it was perfect. Perfect. And my legs were ready to go, um, you know, for that marathon. So it's very, very hard. It was, it, you know, I'm not going to lie. You're in Disney. It's very hard not to go to the parks, but my legs thanked me for it later. So, um, you know, fight those urges. And if you have the ability to tack on days, tack them on at the end because everything's done. And you can walk around the park with your metal on so people know why you're hobbling, um, you know, or taking your time going down the stairs. And so, you know, spend those days at the end of your trip um, after you've already done your challenge. Sure, sure. And what and um, do you reservations? Do you need to uh, are reservations a like, is that those options in like a hotel restaurant? Can you make them like for early? <laughs> yes. If it is okay. a sit down meal, you absolutely have to make reservations. It is very, very rare that you can just walk up to a sit down restaurant and get okay. a reservation. Um, so if it is a sit down meal, you need to make sure that you're making those reservations. If it is a quick service or a fast food type of restaurant, you don't need reservations. Okay. Um, Almost all of the Walt Disney World hotels will have some sort of pasta available for the runners the night before. Okay. Um, I would definitely go and check before you sure, count sure. on it. And and am I making reservations like now in November yes. or am I making them in yes. the day I get there? Um, if you, now yeah, now you might have you might have a harder time getting them, getting the popular ones. Okay. Um but there's lots of Italian options if you want pizza or pasta. Okay. So especially now, um, Disney Springs, which used to be downtown Disney, they changed the name. That one's got some Italian. There's one on the boardwalk. There's a couple in the parks. So if that's what you're looking for, um, definitely make those reservations. Okay. And you can make yeah. them early. I may, you know, I'm the one there eating at five five thirty. I was going to say, I, I would totally, I would err on like, oh, you got, you got 3.15 for me? All right, I'll be in for my spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, exactly. Right <laughs> Seriously, I mean, because, you know, it gets backed up and it gets crowded and it gets, I mean, yep. it, yeah, so definitely that's a good call. Well, is there anything else? You have a 2.30 a.m. wake up call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add? You've been really, really helpful and had such good, just great ideas, great tips, good basic background information, especially if someone's doing this for the first time. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, 
I do recommend going to our website. We have a blog um, and there I do have an archives page, so it's got everything listed, but I've got some tips when it comes to challenges, um, information on some of the hotels, information on some of the, I have to update the ones on where to find pasta because they've, they've changed it a little bit. But, you know, lots of resources there. Um, if you have questions, by all means, send me an email. I'm happy to answer them. Um, I've been through it, so I know the good, the bad, yeah. and the ugly. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, well, and your website is The good news is they've got great training, so. they got great what? Oh, they've got great training. Yeah, yeah, they've <laughs> yes, got great yes, training, like, so that's half the battle. <laughs> exactly, right? That, I'm like, who's training them? I'm like, oh, yeah, we are. That's <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much. Your website, and we will put this up, but it's Runner's Guide to WDW.com. Again, your book is Magical Miles, The Runner's Guide to Walt Disney World. Megan Biller, um, you've been awesome. And yeah, if there's any other little questions, and especially if something comes up on the Facebook page that no, I mean, we've got, we seem to have a lot of resident Disney experts, but if we don't have somebody that can help us, I may, um, may, may tap you for another answer or two, but, um, but for now, now you've given us a wealth of information to. Oh, thanks. I'm excited, uh, to hear how it goes. One of my favorite race weekends. So yeah. Are you going this year? I am not um, because I ran the inaugural Disneyland Paris half marathon oh, last month. So. Oh, nice, nice. Yes. Well, we'll have to have you on to talk about that next time. Excellent. Happy to do so. Awesome. <laughs> well, have a great day. Take care, Megan. Thank you so much. 